For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with the kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Welcome listeners to the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake alternating the show with Dr. Kevin Passaro trying to bring you a lot of really good information all about you and your health. This is a reminder that the show is streamed through myvillagegreen.com. Now we're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Please tune in next week for Kevin's interview on the cancer revolution. Now today our guest is Anthony Thomas, who has a Bachelor of Arts in Nutrition, Food Science, and Dietetics, followed by a doctorate in Nutritional Biology. And our subject is Got Breast Milk? So we will be talking about that, and there's a lot of interesting information that I think most listeners have not been privy to. Now, after our interview with Dr. Thomas, we will cover news you can use on the subject of the anti-inflammatory diet and other timely issues. Now, I want to tell you a little bit more about Dr. Thomas. His primary research interests, both preclinical and clinical studies, have focused on the influence of dietary and lifestyle factors, such as physical activity, circadian disruption, on the pathogenesis of chronic cardiovascular metabolic diseases, including obesity, insulin resistance syndrome, and type 2 diabetes. He has also authored, co-authored multiple peer-reviewed scientific manuscripts and has served as a referee with relevant expertise in the fields of nutrition, obesity, and diabetes from multiple scientific journals. Welcome to the show, Dr. Thomas. Oh, thank you for having me, Dana. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you this morning. Yes, and we've had some interesting conversations in the past, and I'm looking forward to the information you have to share with us today. So let's get started on gut breast milk. Absolutely. Sounds good. Now, talk a little bit about some basics. Let's back up to as basic as we can, and then we'll get more detailed. Well, I can say that this is an area of, of high personal interest to me as, as a relatively new father. I have a, a six-month-old infant at home now, and uh, wow, what a joy it's been uh, and a challenge as well. But I've really been focusing a lot on nutrition for infants uh, to optimally support their health, their development, and, of course, their protection. And, of course, nature's perfect food for a developing infant is breast milk. And this is recognized by health authorities all over the world. And, in fact, the World Health Organization recommends exclusive breastfeeding for the six months, uh, first six months of life and then uh, continued breastfeeding uh, up to two plus years, actually, with the introduction of, of solid foods at six months. So um, we see how important it is for infant development. And 
you know, I am by no means an expert uh, in the nutritional components of human milk, although I've been reading much on it. But uh, many people from the university I got my doctorate at, uh, the University of California, Davis, this is an area of, of specialty for them. And, and they've really um, done a lot of great research. And one of the things that they've highlighted is uh, human milk is rich in something called human milk oligosaccharides or HMOs. I know that's a mouthful, but really these are just complex sugars in human milk. And the funny thing about these sugars is that they are the third largest uh, solid component of human milk after lactose, the primary carbohydrate, and fat. The, 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 the distinction is these nutrients provide no direct nutritive value for the infant um, because they're not digestible, which begs the question, why would, why would evolution have it? that the mother would expend so much energy to produce these complex sugars if they're not providing a direct nutritive value to the infant. And it turns out it's not food for the infant, but it's food for the bacteria colonizing the infant gut in support of the infant's development and its protection. This is fascinating because, as you know, we talk about prebiotics. And here, mother's milk has it all set up. It's fascinating. Right. This is I, I, I like thinking of human milk and then a specific probiotic bacteria um, as nature's uh, selected pre and probiotic for infants. And human milk really is, and particularly these complex sugars in human milk, um, are very selective prebiotics that, that feed only few bacteria, one in particular. And, and this basically shapes the intestinal microbiota in infants to optimally support their growth and development, as well as protection against uh, non-beneficial bacteria. Well, this is phenomenal, and it's no surprise to any of us that breast milk is ideal for human infants. And uh, you talked about six months to two years for the length of time for breastfeeding. Can you talk about the changes in breast milk uh, between the initial feeding and as the infant ages? Well, I can just talk more generally about it based on my reading. Early breast milk and colostrum have very high levels of, of these um, complex sugars as well as other protective factors um, to really protect the infant. In fact, sometimes in, in it, it's almost as if nature knows in, in, in premature-born children, mothers often produce higher concentrations of these protective compounds because it's almost as if they, it knows, the body knows that this is a more vulnerable state. And of course, an infant is a vulnerable state and a critical um, time period of development. So uh, nutrition is, is, is critical. Um, but over time, some of these, these uh, compounds, they reduce in concentration, they kind of stabilize. And then as, as um, prolonged lactation goes on, uh, these concentrations might further decline some. And then, of course, milk production starts to fall off, um, and the infant will, will increase consumption of, of the solids that are introduced into the diet. So when that happens, of course, um, there's changes to the intestinal microbiota as well. So, so early on, the, the milk really selectively feeds uh, a few bacterium. And this, unlike, unlike adults, where we typically refer to diversity of the intestinal microbiota as associated with health, that's unlikely the case in infants, which is limited in diversity 
And this is likely important to, to protect the infant during this vulnerable time and, and, and optimally support its growth by releasing the benefits of breast milk. This is, this is important information, and I'm certain that many people, this is new information for many people, uh, that we don't want diversity in breast milk. And I know we're going to talk about some products that have been developed. Uh, tell us a little bit more about when that diversity changes. What changes the diversity in breast milk if at all? Well, the, the diversity in the intestinal microbiota will start to be altered when you introduce new, um, you know, basically sources of energy for those bacteria. So when, when an infant is exclusively breastfed, this, this, will, this will promote the development of a very specific intestinal um, microbiota within the infant. But when you start introducing um, complementary solid foods at six months, these will start to evoke changes in the, in the intestinal microbiota because other bacteria um, that may not have had a, a, a nutrient-rich niche that they can survive in now will start to um, be able to consume some of these nutrients so they might increase in abundance. And you might see decreases in abundance of those that uh, predominated before. But like I said, breast milk selectively feeds few uh, beneficial bacteria, and it also has components to, to restrict the growth of undesirable microbes. So you can see why this would narrow the diversity of the intestinal microbiota in a strictly breastfed infant. And, and people hear about the, the genus of bacteria uh, um, called bifidobacteria. These are, these are commonly used in probiotics. And there's many various species and strains uh, of bifidobacteria. That are, that are health-promoting, but there's really one that's specialized uh, for the infant gut, and, and this is nature-selecting it. This is not, not my personal opinion, and it's, it's called Bifidobacterium longum subspecies infantis, and I know that one is also a mouthful, so we just refer to it as B. infantis, and you can see even by its name, infantis, um, this is referring to the fact that this is typically the predominant uh, microorganism found uh, in uh, a healthy breastfed infant, at least historically. And uh, unfortunately, research has shown in, in resource-rich regions such as the U.S., Europe, China, um, a, a significant decline in these health-promoting bifidobacteria within the infant gut, and specifically the loss of this key colonizer, B. infantis. And, and one of the reasons they are a few of the reasons they think for this is, is some commonly employed medical practices. So our use Increased use of, say, cesarean section deliveries. This will change the colonization compa uh, pattern of, of infants. Um, and also the use of antibiotics, both in, in the mother and in early exposure in infants. And, and of course, the feeding is so important. And, and there's really been a, a, a huge increase since the introduction of, of infant formula in its use. And, and and I understand how um, important it can be and how hard breastfeeding is for, for many mothers. My, my wife, I, I see her go through it, and, and uh, bless her, she is, she's still going strong, but it's very difficult as a, as a full-time working mother. She's back at work, and she's still going strong. And, and it's easy to just rely on, on infant formula. But infant formula, you know, as good as, as they, they, they have made it now, it in no way can ever reflect uh, human breast milk. And it's just lacking in certain components. And one of these components are these complex sugars. And even now, 
you're seeing the introduction of, of, of a couple of these sugars into infant formulas, but um, there's over 200 structurally diverse HMOs, and, and so they'll never be able to replicate them all. But they're starting, because they know the importance for infant development, they're trying to develop them and, and, and then add, fortify them into infant formula. Well, you've made some very cogent points here, and I'm I'm glad you brought them up. My understanding is that we don't know everything that's in breast milk, and having been uh, a nutritionist for almost 50 years, in the early days, the formulas were so lacking that they caused changes in neurodevelopmental uh, in the neurodevelopmental processes in infants. And that was pretty shocking. They didn't know B6 was in there. We can go on and on. The types of fats they put in were not what infants needed and not uh, imitating what's in breast milk. And I actually talked to a world expert on this, and he acknowledged, and I said, why aren't you putting omega-3s in there? And he said, they're too expensive. And I said, as expensive. <laughs> Expensive as treating children with ADHD, autism, neurodevelopmental delays. It, it was pretty shocking to hear him admit that. But we've come a long way. But uh, as you as you warn, we we can't make the formulas yet as perfect as breast milk is. So thank you for that. And for those of you who have just tuned in with us, you're with The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. We're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Please stay with us. We'll be back with much more interesting information on breast milk by Anthony Thomas. Solgar number seven can help you feel the difference. Solgar number seven actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number seven is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number seven help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number seven says yes. Solgar number seven, available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Are you under a lot of stress these days? Pressure from your job, personal life, politics. It can all take a serious toll on your health, but we can help. Village Green Apothecary can help you achieve a healthier lifestyle with our wide range of nutritional supplements, health-related books, and more. We've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living resources for over 50 years, and we'll take the time to advise you about your unique needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.
Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognosure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognosure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognosure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognosure. Remember Cognosure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. I'm Mark Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, the most unique pharmacy in the country. You are unique, and at Village Green, we treat you this way. At Village Green, our passion is personalization and getting the root cause of health conditions. Guidance on foods, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. For over 50 years, customers have depended on advice from our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists. Visit Village Green in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, listeners, to the second segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. The show is brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm your co-host with Kevin Passaro. We try to bring you lots of interesting information every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Please tune in next week for Kevin's interview on the cancer revolution. Now, our guest today is Anthony Thomas, who has a B.A. in nutrition, food science, and dietetics, followed by a doctorate in nutrition biology. And our subject is got breast milk? And after the interviews with Dr. Thomas, we're going to talk about the anti-inflammatory diet and other timely issues. Uh, Dr. Thomas, we were talking about how important the type of prebiotic and probiotics are in breast milk and how nature, of course, has made breast milk perfect for the infant and toddlers. So let's talk more about that and give us some information on what mothers do when they've had a C-section or been on antibiotics. Right. So I don't want to scare anyone, but this, of course, can change the colonization pattern of the infant because the mother is the primary source of microbes for, for, for early colonization of the infant. I mean, this occurs uh, through the birthing process. So whether they're born vaginally or cesarean section, they get exposed to different um, microbes, so bacteria. And uh, also their, their feeding pattern is, is critically important. So are they breastfed? Are they formula-fed? Um, these can, can influence the type of bacteria that colonize the early infant gut. Now, ba- babies uh, are typically colonized predominantly by health, a health-promoting genus called bifidobacteria. And uh, one in particular is the key colonizer of infants. Uh, we, we spoke about it earlier. It's called uh, bifidobacterium infantis, or B. infantis for short, and as the name implies, critical for infants. And unfortunately, because of modern medical practices like cesarean section, uh, antibiotic exposure uh, to mothers and infants, you've seen a relative decline in the abundance of these health-promoting bifidobacteria in infant guts in resource-rich regions that use these, these uh, commonly employed uh, you know, me- medical methods. So um, one of the things that they're seeing is that um, the bifidobacteria in the infant gut is strongly associated with the um, acidity or pH uh, of the feces. And so one thing that happens is when you reduce the pH or acidify the intestinal lumen, this can restrict the growth of, of undesirable 
bacteria. Now, of course, when you have increased levels of undesirable bacteria within the infant gut, this can have um, developmental consequences long-term. But in the short-term, people think of uh, gas, bloating, and, and, you know, being uncomfortable for the baby, and this can result in pain, fussiness, crying. We refer to this as colic. So they, they think that dysbiosis could be related to things like colic. And there's even probiotic products out there uh, specifically to address um, colic. And if I can just take a step back, B. infantis, the reason it's the most appropriate bacterium key colonizer of the infant gut is because it is the only bacterium that is able to import, digest, and metabolize all of those complex sugars that we refer to as HMOs in human milk. No other bacteria has this capacity. And, and so um, this gives this single bacterium such a strong competitive growth advantage, which means it will take in all these nutrients and restrict the growth of all other bacteria, including other, other bifidobacteria, to, to absolutely predominate the infant gut. And it releases beneficial compounds through its metabolism uh, of these complex sugars and also restricts the growth of many non-beneficial uh, bacteria. And, and I can give an example where um, many of these complex sugars, HMOs, contain uh, something called sialic acid. Now, this is critical to the development of the brain. And so when uh, B. infantis consumes uh, sialic acid containing HMOs, it releases this so that it can be absorbed into the body and be utilized for, for um, developing important structures called gangliosides within the brain. And, and, and research has shown that breastfed babies have higher concentrations of sialic acid in the brain than formula-fed babies. And, and uh, again, the brain is the fastest-growing organ in an infant um, in the first year of life. It just shows how important it is for, in, for, for, it, for brain development. Nutrition is at this time. There's a, there's a high demand for these nutritional components, specifically sialic acid. You mentioned DHA. There's other nutrients like lutein, and they're figuring this out. So they're trying to put these things back in the formula. But, again, uh, formula will never really be able to fully mimic uh, human breast milk. And, and you need this specific intestinal bacteria to help release the full benefits of, of breast milk in support of infant development, such as inc including the brain. So to release these sialic acid from these HMOs, you want this specific bacterium to, to do that. Excellent. You've really given us a lot of good information, and I'm impressed uh, with the what B. infantis is and what it's associated with, such as support of the intestines, immune, brain development, and breastfed infants, and it's been associated with their improved growth, development, and intestinal membrane integrity and immune function. And you've been talking about the M63 strain. Tell us a little bit about how many strains we know about and why M63 is so important. Well, the, there's been a number of uh, infantis strains I've come across in, in the scientific literature. M63 is, is a strain that was isolated from a, from a healthy infant, and it's actually been used clinically and shown to efficiently colonize the infant gut with oral use. They've also looked at it in um, cell culture studies, and they, and they actually tested this strain along with another B. infantis strain that was isolated from a human against um, 24 human isolated and, and common probiotic strains. 
This includes popular strains that are used in products for infants, such as, as uh, Bifobacterium lactis, BB12, um, L-Ruteri protected, uh, I think it's referred to, um, Lactobacillus rhamnosus uh, GG or LGG. These are common in infant products. And so what they did is they took all these bacteria and they put them, um, they grew them on intestinal cells and they, and they fed them uh, some of the most abundant HMOs. So one in particular is called 2-Fucosa-Lactose, and, and this is an abundant HMO. They're actually fortifying this specific one into some infant formulas now. And what they saw is that among all the tested bacteria, so those probiotic bacteria as well as other human isolated bacteria, only the B. infantis strains, which included the M63, were able to, to consume and grow on the tested HMOs, whereas all of the other ones essentially could not use these as a substrate. And again, a primary function of these HMOs is to shape the intestinal microbiota, selectively feeding that which supports the growth of the infant and its protection. And so it wants to selectively feed uh, Bifidobacterium infantis and restrict the growth of all other bacteria. It's not to say these other bacteria won't have some health benefits, but at the same time, they will, none of them will efficiently colonize the gut of a breastfed infant because um, it really can't consume the, the energy sources that are provided in the milk. So they, they can exert some benefits as they go through, but they really won't be retained very long, whereas B. infantis will predominate the infant gut in a, in a healthy breastfed infant. Well, again, I think this is such important information. And just uh, as a reminder, when you refer to the HMOs, you're not talking about medical uh, organizations. You're talking about the oligosaccharides that are present in breast milk that are not digestible because they're fuel for the growth of B. infantis. infantis. So I think that's fascinating. And of course, nature's uh, correct in how breast milk changes from birth to uh, toddlers, and I think you've you've made those points very well. The other thing I wanted to bring up as far as how infants and toddlers culture themselves uh, with the microbes in their environment, and they put everything in their mouths. And I've always looked at that is if all infants do it throughout the world, there's a reason for it. And that was long before we understood they were culturing themselves to their environment. Now, one of the problems we have in modern times is that environment gets pretty sterile, and there are a lot of chemical exposures, especially if toys are cleaned with something that has a lot of chemicals on it that an infant may uh, mouth and get into their system. So I'd like to, to talk a little bit about this subject, and I think we can cover it in the next segment. I, I think that what we're covering is extremely important. And I also want you to talk about what kinds of conditions are more prevalent when an infant is not breastfed. So for those of you who've just tuned in with us, you're with The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour. And please stay with us because we will be back after this break with more interesting information from Dr. Anthony Thomas. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. 
MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of Fit Food, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of Fit Food contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MCTs. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed pure Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's NeuroOptimizer comes to the rescue. NeuroOptimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. NeuroOptimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. NeuroOptimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green. Apothecary. Hi, I'm Gail Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary, where we've been specializing in meeting your unique healthcare needs for over 50 years. Our passion is helping you to get to your root cause of health conditions. At Village Green Apothecary, our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists offer guidance on diet, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. Plus, we offer lab testing and nutritional consultations to optimize your health plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, listeners, to the third segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I want to remind you that we're here every Sunday morning at 10 AM. Please tune in next week for Kevin's interview on the cancer revolution. Now, today, our guest is Anthony Thomas, who has a BA in nutrition, food science, and dietetics, followed by a doctorate in nutritional biology. Our subject is got breast milk, and we've been talking about the critical importance in breast milk and the changes in formulas over time to attempt to be more identical to breast milk. That goal is not reached, but the the formulas are improving. However, all experts are clear that breast milk is the best food for infants for at least six months and up to two years. So, Dr. Thomas, let's let's cover some more information. We ended the last segment saying that mothers who have children by C-section, these children don't naturally get cultured coming through the vaginal canal. So can you please uh, talk about how parents can make up for not getting that culture? 
Well, so now they're they're seeing probiotics as as a potential strategy to help help um, manipulate the the gut microbiota of infants into a more beneficial one. Now, now typically the infant gut is predominated by by bifidobacteria, and this has been observed for over a hundred years. And this this led to the hypothesis that something in, in milk really is selectively promoting their growth. And sure enough, um, they've discovered these complex sugars that we're referring to as HMOs, or human milk oligosaccharides. And, and those complex sugars selectively feed very few bifidobacteria, actually, and one in particular that we've been talking, talking about called B. infantis. And um, so this is, this is what Jaridophilus infant provides, a probiotic, a documented, clinically validated probiotic strain of B. infantis called B. infantis 63. And... Um, what this, this bacteria and colonization of the infant gut is essentially necessary to release the full benefits that breast milk, as nature's perfect food for a developing infant, has to offer by its release of, of beneficial nutrients when it, when it metabolizes these HMOs. And again, this is the only bacteria that can take up and utilize all these HMOs. And um, you mentioned uh, before the break that, you know, infants and, and toddlers, they stick all these things in their mouth and we're exposed to bacteria all the time, although we've, we've really tried to sterilize our environment, um, thinking that this would be uh, promote safety uh, to, for our infants. But, uh, but people are microbiologists, immunologists, they're all rethinking this now because of this interaction with the microbial world. And, and just to remind all the listeners, I mean, in bacteria are the most abundant organisms on this planet, and, and the vast majority of them um, are, do not cause illness in, in humans. But we, of course, we, we focus so much on, the, on the, the ones that promote illness and cause illness, and we try to eradicate them. But in doing so, we end up eradicating all bacteria, some of the good ones as well. And so case in point is that when babies are, are born via C-section, like you said, instead of being exposed to certain bacteria in the, in, in the, in the birth canal, they're exposed to bacteria that are, that are present in the hospital environment, and, and some of those are not so good, and, and they show that um, babies that are formula-fed have lower levels of, the, of these health-promoting bifidobacteria, and, and over the last decade or so, they've shown in general, and this is even in, in healthy breastfed infants, that the presence of B. infantis is, has been on the decline. So most babies now, at least in, in resource-rich regions that use these medical practices, such as antibiotics, cesarean section delivery, and then rely heavily on, on formula feeding, um, you, you really see an absence of B. infantis. And, and I mentioned that one of the things B. infantis does is it restricts the growth of many other bacteria because it basically consumes all, all these uh, complex sugars in milk. And in doing so, it also produces something called acetic acid, and this is a short-chain fatty acid, and this acidifies the, the, the intestinal lumen, and that's not conducive to the growth of many undesirable bacteria. And they've literally shown over the last decade or so that the pH of infant feces has increased, um, you know, basically from 5 to something like 6.5. And, and, of course, this is associated with, the, with more undesirable bacteria and reduced levels of health-promoting bifidobacteria. But there's a probiotic strategy for that, and that's Jardophilus infant because this gives back B. infantis, and what that will do is help promote the growth of these health-promoting bifidobacteria and really help establish B. infantis as the predominant bifidobacteria as nature intended it and has been observed, um, you know, historically. 
Well, it, it was an award-winning uh, probiotic product of the year. Tell us about how that was determined. Yes, so, so we were honored. This was recently recognized by Nutri Ingredients USA as probiotic product of the year. And uh, we actually had another finalist in that category, Chartopolis Women. And really, because the, the panel was primarily comprised of, of uh, scientific experts in the field of probiotics, I mean, this was really a testament to uh, the company, General Formula's focus on science first over marketing hype. And we really pride ourselves on that. Um, I pride myself on that and, and I'm, I'm proud to be associated with a company that looks to, to use science and, and conduct science to support uh, their formulations uh, to promote optimal health. And, and, and how, how much more important is that than in, in your newborn baby? You know, we don't want to just give a newborn baby any bacteria. In fact, we had an infant probiotic that used uh, another bacterial species and strain. And it's not, again, this, this, this species had, had some data showing that, that, it's, that it had some health-promoting effects in infants. But, you know, as we learned more, as, as more science came out, uh, we knew that there, was, that there was only one bacterium that with full confidence we could say is the most appropriate for a developing newborn, and, and that is B. infantis. And the, and the problem is, is this is a, a very unique subspecies of bifidobacteria, and it has a closely related member. Um, the shorthand name is just B. longum, but B. longum subspecies longum. And it has a completely different metabolic strategy. It specializes in, in, in uh, metabolizing plant oligosaccharides. It's prominent in many adult probiotics. We use it in many of our probiotics. It's a great uh, bacterial species and strain. The problem is, is that many commercial probiotics that list B. infantis on their label don't actually contain B. infantis. And that's because it's been so difficult to identify genetically. You can't use commonly employed genetic techniques and, and say, yes, this is B. infantis. And research has shown this. And when you think you're getting this very specialized bacteria that promotes health, um, particularly in an infant, and it's not what you think it's getting, um, you know, that, that's a problem. And, and so I would always recommend, you know, make sure you know what you're getting and, and that you're getting a product that is identifying the strain. And so we use a validated uh, B. infantis strain, M63, and uh, you're getting it from a company that really knows what they're doing. Scientifically, they have a reputation for quality and the scientific know-how. And, and again, Jaro Formulas, probiotics is our wheelhouse, and, and we specialize in the production of probiotics uh, with our manufacturing. And, you know, Jaro was literally the first company to introduce multi-species probiotics back in the 1980s. Uh, you know, many people at the time said, no, this won't work. Now, of course, it's all the rage. But again, if you actually look at the research, Sometimes one strain might be good, sometimes two strains, maybe a few strains. But really, there's no science that's looking at, you know, 15, 20 multiple strains and in, in, in tens of billions. It's very targeted, and that's what the definition of, of probiotics necessitates. And again, we use our scientific know-how to guide formulation, and this is the most appropriate bacterium for a developing infant. And that's why we think it won the award. Well, that's good to know, and I had a question. If an infant has been placed on antibiotics, can breast milk be sufficient to compensate, or is it advised that uh, mothers add the Gerardophilus infant to, uh, to the supplement regime? 
So, of course, you'd think like, hey, as a company representative, I want, I want every infant out there guzzling down as much as possible. But that's not what I'm going to say. I think this probiotic should be used by all babies, at least initially, right? Because cause, cause prebiotic substrate in human milk, these complex sugars, they can only feed bacteria that are present. And I already said that antibiotics, is there. this has reduced the, the presence of the infantis in the infant gut of these resource-rich regions like the U.S. and Europe and China. So why not supplement it, at least initially, to ensure its presence? The milk will absolutely reinforce its growth and predominance within the intestinal tract of the infant. So, but it really complements breast milk because it releases these beneficial compounds. Remember, I talked about sialic acid, critical for brain development, the fastest growing organ in an infant in the first year of life. So, so continued supplementation is, is a nice safeguard to, to really promote a bifidobacteria dominated microbiota that it, that, that is dominated itself by the infantis. I mean, they've shown that up to 90% of the bifidobacteria can be just this one specific subspecies. Now, this may be even more important in a formula-fed infant, and that's because I don't think formula has, has the, so, the selectivity as far as what it promotes the growth of um, in the intest intestinal microbiota of infants. And so it's not going to sustain high colonization uh, of, of bifidobacteria, and that's why formula-fed infants typically have less, they do have less bifidobacteria than breastfed infants. So the continued supplementation will likely um, help because it's more reflective of what you see in breastfed infants, and that, that is typically the gold standard. I mean, even in research, they, they often will look at formula-fed infants and, and different interventions, but they always use uh, breastfed infants as es essentially the gold standard comparator group because the goal, like you mentioned before, is to really get as close to breast milk and emulate um, nature. And uh, we certainly have made that effort, but I like to say if we don't really know everything that's in breast milk, we can't truly duplicate it. And just to emphasize the importance of this is that B. infantis promotes a healthy intestinal microbiome. It supports a healthy uh, barrier in the gut healthy immunity, and it's preventive for many of the chronic diseases that we see today. So we can't emphasize that enough. And I want to thank you, Dr. Thomas, for being with us. You've shared a lot of good information, and we'll have you back on the show in the future because you always have good information to provide. So thank you for being with us. Again, it's my pleasure, and, and you can go to jarlprobiotics.com for more information. And one of the best things about this is very convenient and easy to use. It's a, it's a shelf-stable uh, oil dropper based on medium-chain triglycerides, which are naturally present in breast milk and very easy for the immature infant gut to digest and absorb. So, so gentle on sensitive tummies, easy to use as a little dropper, no syringes, no special mixing or, or powders to fumble with. I know how important that is as a, as a new parent myself. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Pearls of wisdom. So for those of you who have just tuned in, I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour. Please stay with us. We are going to talk about the anti-inflammatory diet and other timely issues under what I call news you can use.
Solgar Number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar Number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar Number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar Number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number no. 7 says yes. Solgar Number no. Seven available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Multivitamins. That's right, certified organic, made with the highest quality standards, uncooked, untreated, unadulterated, non-GMO certified, vegan, and gluten-free. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside the beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists offer a personalized approach to help you with your health needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, listeners, to today's final segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour, and we've been talking about the microbiome in breast milk, and I want to expand this discussion to include the anti-inflammatory diet and some important avoids and includes in a healthy diet. First of all, what is inflammation? Inflammation is an important part of the immune response to injury, which is typically acute and short-term. Chronic inflammation is not as obvious as the acute form and may develop slowly and can last for months to years. Contributors include pathogens, stressors, toxins, foreign bodies, foods and food components that aren't tolerated, and autoimmune antibodies. Now, dietary avoids include the nightshade family. They contain solanine, which is a pro-inflammatory agent within those foods. The foods are white potatoes, tomatoes, eggplant, okra, peppers, 
tomatillas, sorrel, gooseberries, ground cherries, pepino melons, paprika, cayenne pepper, capsicum, and tobacco exposure. Also, there are alkaloids that are similar to solanine in blueberries, goji berries, and huckleberries. Now, commercially processed foods, artificial additives, partially hydrogenated trans fatty acids, sugars, gluten, and possibly other grains and grain substitutes, as well as cow milk products, soy, corn, nuts, legumes, and any food which causes a reaction. So there are many symptoms from this. Digestive problems may occur. There are brain effects. We talk about leaky barriers in the gut and the brain. Uh, We can have behavior changes, poor cognition and function, as well as irritability, self-injury, and mood disorders. So with inflammation, we are looking at the effect on the body, and it may be more subtle and show up in many ways from joint pain to autoimmunity. Now, symptoms that people have that may make you suspect that the anti-inflammatory diet would be helpful include digestive problems, including the leaky gut that I mentioned, and all of the behavioral uh, issues, as well as inflamed joints. Now, what can you eat? (laughs) So organic is really important. Nutrient-dense foods, healthy oils, uh, and pasteurized, pastured poultry, lamb, pork, venison, eggs, beef if tolerated, and bone broths. Omega-3 from high-quality non-polluted seafood or the safest choices of low-toxin seafood, uh, such as salmon, mackerel, lake trout, herring, and sardines. And sardines are the best. They're young, and they're not uh, as toxic. The big old fish tend to be more toxic as they have built up toxins consuming uh, the smaller fish. Now, based upon other uh, diets being followed, the following can be included as tolerated. Non-nightshade vegetables and fruits, garlic, onions, leeks, and scallions, and substitute sweet potato and squash for grains, pseudograins, legumes, and peanuts. There are supplements that can help as well. Omega-3 seafood sources are extremely important in counteracting inflammation, both from healthy seafood and supplements. Probiotics and biotin are important for that healthy microbiome. And we also need nutrients to support a healthy gut barrier and nutrients specific to the individual's nutritional needs, which can be determined by very sophisticated testing. So we talked a little bit about inflammation and the anti-inflammatory diet. What we talk about first is always that the diet be organic. Excellent nutrition is not optional. It is vital. And in the past 100 to 150 years, a modern diet has experienced the replacement of healthy fats with commercially hydrogenated fats, the trans fatty acids, now banned in 2018, 
artificial fats, and the inclusion of genetically modified foods, imitation foods, refined foods, and copious amounts of artificial additives, sweeteners, coloring, flavoring, preservatives, and sugars. This is in addition to chemicals in our cookware. Many food containers have harmful chemicals which can seep into the food, and there are more than 3,000 FDA additives. Everything added to food in the U.S., and that is the term. This includes what we call grass, generally recognized as safe list. And this list is not complete, and this list has a lot of inaccuracies. Accuracies. Now, what is the difference between diet and nutrition? Diet is what is eaten. Nutrition is what the cells derive. So if you're eating a lousy diet, it's like putting wooden nickels in the bank. It won't work. You still have to look at a healthy, nutrient-dense, organic diet. But if you have problems with digestion, absorption, transport of the nutrients to the cells, cellular uptake and utilization, then your healthy diet may not be as functional. Now, the things that we want to avoid say no to artificial stuff and natural toxins, artificial food additives, preservatives, sweeteners, taste enhancers, artificial flavoring, coloring agents, and excitotoxins, and all commercially processed foods. Now, we want to go into the second one. So number one is all the artificial stuff. Number two, drinking water contaminants. Avoid them. And this is tricky. Fluoride is hard to get out of the water when it's excessive. And the public water supplies are now being reduced in the amount of fluoride used due to the negative effects that have been recognized in developing uh, IQs. Say no to sugars, all of them, all of them. High fructose corn syrup, particularly sugar blues, white table sugar, sugar in the raw, brown sugar corn syrup, agave syrup. We do not know, even if it says organic, whether it has high fructose in it or not. Sugar drinks and junk electrolyte drinks. Coconut water is the perfect substitute there. Sodas, all sodas, diet and regular. They have artificial sweeteners, and even if they don't, they're high in phosphorus. They're electrolyte antagonists, and we want to avoid them. Refined grains, they raise your blood sugar, and they are extremely problematic. No refined grains. And that's pretzels, pasta, uh, breads, bagels, white rice, etc. We've got so many grains that have been pushed on us, but they're refined and they raise blood sugar some higher than a teaspoon of sugar. And uh, say no to problem fats, partially hydrogenated oils, trans fatty acids. They're mutant plastic fatty acids. As I mentioned, the government has now banned them in 2018. We are among the last of the countries that have banned uh, partially hydrogenated uh, fatty acids, trans fatty acids. Now, deep-fried foods need to be avoided. There's no way that they can be healthy unless the 
frying oils are changed every 10 minutes. That doesn't happen. Canola oil. The plant was bred from what's called the rapeseed plant, which has large amounts of uric acid known to contribute to health problems, including cardiovascular diseases. In 1995, Monsanto produced a genetically modified version of of canola named for Canada oil, canola. And it's partially hydrogenated and currently over 90% of canola oil comes from genetically modified canola. GMO, genetically modified soy oil and corn oils. Say no to non-organic deli meats and contaminated seafood. And I have some great news with regard to seafood, and I'll give that to you as soon as we're finished with the no list. Now, the final, the final avoid is any food or beverage which causes a negative reaction. Make certain the reaction is due to the food or beverage and not to artificial additives, preservatives, coloring, and flavoring. That's important. Now, health promoters, keep these with you. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. Go organic. And we've talked about organic in the past. Be in control of your blood sugar. Extremely important. Consume protein, fiber, and good fats to keep blood sugar stable. Jack Spratt was wrong. Good fats to the rescue. They include saturated fatty acids. Yes, saturated fatty acids. Unsaturated fatty acids and polyunsaturates. The omega-3s are particularly important. Coconut oil and palm kernel oil are not enemies. They're important. Cholesterol does not have to be counted in the diet. It is not the cause of cardiovascular disease. It's part of the response. The good egg, it can't get better than the egg. It's the most naturally, it's a naturally occurring high density nutritional food. Fish facts go with non polluted seafood recirculating aquaculture systems. This is very important. Why? They are gigantic land-based closed containment eco-friendly aquariums. The water is 99% recycled and filtered to remove residual waste and toxins. And there are facilities, and we are seeing more of these in the health food stores. Uh, Fermented foods. We talked about that in the beginning of this uh, this segment, and I want to talk a little bit about it. Important for the microbiome of the gut. And finally, salt, yes, sodium preservatives, no. The government has indicated that salt does not need to be avoided, except for a very small percentage of people who may be salt-sensitive. So to our listeners, I want to thank you for being here and joining us on The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. You can access this show or any of the previous shows through myvillagegreen.com. And please remember, it's not the number of breaths you take. It's the moments that take your breath away. This is Dana Lake and Village Green wishing each and every one of you good health and a breathtaking day.
did you know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. Today and every day at Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. I'm Mark Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, the most unique pharmacy in the country. You are unique, and at Village Green, we treat you this way. At Village Green, our passion is personalization and getting the root cause of health conditions. Guidance on foods, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. For over 50 years, customers have depended on advice from our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists. Visit Village Green in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. 